0: the community inspire radio. Welcome back listeners, 825 here on Inspire Radio on this eh, dreary Sunday morning, I guess, but let's not let's not let that get in our way. Talking sport here with Aracha, and we're going to move through to our one of our favorite segments, which is our community sporting champions and today We've got a champion of community sport. We're going to speak to Noel Nolsey-Johnson. Now, Noel's worn many different caps within community sport. Currently runs a fantastic little venture called the Community Sports Show. Um, shout out to the Community Sports Show there, where he provides a voice for the community and community sport. With years of experience in many sport, Nolsey has a great story to tell. Welcome to the show, Nolsey.
1: Ratko, and good morning to all the inspired listeners out there. I hope you're enjoying what is a very wet Sunday morning.
0: <laughs>
1: it is, it is, and
0: um, but hey, we can't complain too much about the weather over here in WA. Um, so Noel, um, let the listeners know a little bit about your community sports story because, like I said, I wouldn't do it justice. You've uh, worn many different caps and um, sort of been part of community sport in many different ways. So, what's what's your community sports story?
1: Look, it's a long one. I'm not a young man, Arachio. And You told me you were 21 yesterday. No, uh, 27. 27, okay, sorry. <laughs> no, look, it all starts with my family. You know, I grew up in Victoria until I was in my early 20s. And sport in Victoria is part of who you are. And courtesy of my mother, I got involved in junior football at the age of 16 as a trainer. I was never really very good at playing football. Hockey was the sport I was able to play. So in between playing hockey, I was a trainer for a junior football club. Did a few things, moved to Perth, became a trainer at East Perth. Then went to an amateur club, Swan Athletic, where I'm a life member and I'm back there now after 15 years in the Waffle as a head trainer at Swan Districts and East Fremantle. And I was very lucky enough to actually spend 15 years whilst at the Waffle head trainer position as a trainer for a number of AFL visiting clubs as well. So that's my... Sporting story, these days I have MS, so I've had to give up the on-field activities and things like that. And I play darts on a Monday. It's good for a bloke with one arm. And (laughs) with your help and the help of a few others out there, I put out a community sports show. Well,
0: Noel, I think what you've done there is you've highlighted that um, being part of a community sports club, there's more than one way to actually be part of it, and it's not all about participating on the field. There's plenty to do off the field, and you can gain a lot from that. So, um, you know, from not being part to get out there and get smashed around on the footy field, you've been there helping those that have been smashed around on the footy field, you still feel part of the club, don't you?
1: Absolutely, and I like your show because it has a very similar mindset to ours, and that is spreading the story about the fact that whatever community you're from and we're a rich and diverse community in this country and we all have stories to tell as we start to grow together people will appreciate the diversity of family as well and sporting clubs are absolutely critical to that
0: yeah no doubt no doubt and and the fact that I mean, for it's changing. I mean, I guess COVID's forced us to change a little bit and we've just got to put our thinking caps on and um, think of different ways to do it. But essentially, um, sports clubs are the hub of, of community and probably see that more in regional areas than we do in Metro Perth. But they do have that ability to be the hub, don't they? And provide outlets and, and that um, a team bonding want sort of thing.
1: There is that togetherness, which is really important. These days we talk about mental health and fortunately we're making great strides in that area.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Sporting clubs are integral to that because there are programs, community development programs, mental health programs, lifestyle programs that are run out there for clubs and they're starting to take advantage of that. The country historically has had that community because of the fact that they're a small country town, but it doesn't matter. Local sport, it's with a heavy heart that I say people like myself as a trainer, someone who does the first aid and, as you says, picks up the blokes after they've been smashed, we're a dying breed because of physios and sports science students coming through during a couple of years. Mm-hmm. But there are roles such as team managers, canteen assistants, umpires, scoreboard attendants, you know, yep. that can absolutely make a big difference and help a club and you do become part of that community.
0: Definitely. And it's that many hands make light work sort of mentality in theory because I've seen, and you've no doubt seen as well, there's, there's always a champion of, of a sporting club, isn't there, um, who, who does everything and it's their, their life. But it's unfair that some of these people um, wear many hats and do a lot of things. And um, clubs tend to only realise this when um, you know it's their time to move on and, and they can't put their time in. And that's when they see the, the quiet work in the background, I guess, that sort of um, gets done. And uh, once it's not there, that's when you know reality hits home, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and that different clubs are at different levels. You're absolutely right, though. Often the unsung hero just works away in the background, gets a acknowledgement from time to time without a genuine appreciation of who that person is. And I think it's critical that in any club, I spoke about the diversity before, Mm-hmm that we embrace that and we get to know the different cultures and the different lifestyles because all of that makes us as an individual stronger. Definitely. And that creates a stronger sense of club rather than having two separate entities operating under one club banner or having people working there. Uh, in the background, unappreciated. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: No no doubt. (laughs) There's a lot of stuff. I want to give a shout out. We talk about volunteers and unsung heroes. While I have an opportunity, I'm going to give a quick shout out to Heather Timms from the CBC Fremantle Integrated Football team, who just recently won an AFL Inclusion Volunteers of the Year Award on a national level. So, People like Heather are absolutely the backbone and we should rally around the people doing that work.
0: Definitely, definitely. And there's a friend of the show here, um, part of the Inspire team, having a little bit of a break at the moment, Simone Island, who works with Recklink, and Recklink do fantastic work in that that space as well, providing um, sports opportunities to those that probably don't have a voice. Um, And and they they do some great stuff. And in the Integrated Footy League, I know, part of what they sort of help to do. And the Integrated Footy League, I know, is growing and growing year by year. The numbers are, uh, you know, really starting to explode there. And it's good to see because all sports should be available to everybody, um, you know, with a little bit of thought. And, and we, we, can, we can adapt and make things work for everybody. And that, like you said, brings diversity into the sport and into your club and into your community. And, hey, we become one great, big, happy family.
1: Well... It is about that because that's part of that embracing differences. You know, I was at a club last night where I had a conversation with some people and it was around the transgender issue. Mm-hmm. You know? A hot topical issue because of our Lord Mayor who came out and said some things. Yep. The the days where it is okay to Segregate based on difference are gone, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. They need to be gone for us to grow. Ultimately, a person of a reasonable thinking age, and that, you know, I don't want to get into a political conversation here, but we are who we are. Mm -hmm. And what I'd say is the work that Recklink do, the work that a lot of organisations do, as the community sports show, just a couple of weeks ago, I was out at the wheelchair rugby and there's wheelchair basketball, there's yep. sled ice hockey coming up. I think that's actually this afternoon down in Coburn. Yep. Um You know, it's so... Sitting, sitting volleyball as well? Sitting volleyball. Yeah. That's something I can... Uh, yeah. Because one arm doesn't work for me, I'd still be a bit <laughs> off you with that one. I like the sitting down part. And that's the problem with the wheelchair sports. I can't do wheelchair sports unless you give me one of those with a remote control. <laughs> because I'd basically sit in the centre of the court, thin and laps. <laughs> now, Arrazio, you have me on and you've asked me a few stories. Yep. And... What I'd say to everyone out there, whatever sport you like, our show covers all sports at all levels. Mm -hmm. We've interviewed the American track cycling Olympic team. Yep. We've interviewed little athletes. We'll go to soccer. It doesn't matter what level the competition is. I've learned to be a glass half full person. Go down to a local club. If you like soccer, just literally look for the nearest soccer club. Go down, wander around the Oval, watch them at training, introduce yourself and say, hi, can I get involved? It's very simple. If you like volleyball, then there is actually a volleyball association in WA that has a competition. Mm -hmm. No doubt. You know? There are WA teams, and this is what I love about shows like yours and ours. There are WA teams competing on a national and international level that pay for all of their own equipment. Jerome Buck, a good friend of our show, has a program he does where he's delivering hockey coaching to regional kids and providing opportunities there. Yep. And this year, that group called Big G Sports has actually grown to the point where I'd actually put a call out to all your listeners out there. Big G Sports are actually raising equipment, old secondhand equipment that's in good condition yep. to actually donate to villages and towns in Africa. Yep, And he's coaching and mentoring villagers and communities there to take up the sports of cricket and hockey. Mm -hmm. So if anyone out there has, we took your shows or your radio stations called Inspire. Yep. You know? No, definitely. People act like that inspire me. I get told, and it's very embarrassing. People say, oh, no, you know, you're awesome, whatever. I hang my head with embarrassment. I just am who I am. And I think that's what people should be. Mm -hmm. But they should learn that who they are should be someone that gets along. Yep. You know, I'm not religious. Um, I'm very much a humanist. Yep. We're all on this big rock together. (laughs) I like that. We're all on this big rock together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We've got limited resources, limited food, limited... We're throwing away food when other countries need food. Yep. You know, we're... We're struggling for clean drinking water, but places in Africa, have a little compassion for our multicultural friends who have come in from non-English speaking backgrounds. Mm -hmm. I often say to someone, get to know the person first. I'm very lucky that I work at an ethnic disability advocacy centre and I work with people from all over Africa, Asia, um, of all faiths and... (laughs) That's what makes us better.
0: Yep. And you'd be meeting some outstanding people.
1: Well, I'm lucky in that respect that the show, you mentioned COVID, we went, our show's origin, we did, oh, I was the host of a sports show on community radio prior to the community sports show. Mm-hmm. And basically we did a show similar to yours, but on a Saturday morning. And we one day got a request to go and film a mate's game and commentate that. And we did that on the back of a ute using the canteen salt and vinegar table (laughs) as our table. You know, from humble origins begin big things. Yep. And we outgrew the radio station. We weren't reaching people and telling stories as much as we can now.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And I feel absolutely blessed that we're approaching 4,000 followers. And because of our philosophy of inclusion and sports of all sorts, we have followers in Africa, Asia, Europe, America, over in New Zealand, across the East Coast, as well as over 3,000 here in WA.
0: Yep, which is fantastic. And for those you know, listening, um, that's, that's that's the Community Sports Show. It's on Facebook. So look up the Facebook page of Community Sports Show. And um, that's where you'll see that link to all sports, all types of different sports. You know, you did a bit of cricket yesterday. You've done lacrosse. As you said, you've done wheelchair rugby. What are some of the other sports you've uh, sort of got on to?
1: Yeah you done everything. <laughs> last year, last year at the start of 2019, when we began the community sports show, I actually reflected on the year and we covered over 20 different sports.
0: That's fantastic. From
1: Roller derby to little athletics, to ice hockey, field hockey, uh, as you mentioned, lacrosse, football, baseball, basketball, gridiron. Um, there are so many sports out there that are part of our community. And, Some need help, you know. They don't get funded. The lacrosse teams, the gridiron teams, the ice hockey teams that compete on a national and international level get no funding. Mm -hmm. So if you love that sport, get down and get involved. Help them with fundraising or do something simple like that.
0: Yep, and essentially the community sports show is about providing a voice for those sports, isn't it?
1: Yeah, Al. Look, there's a lot of coverage of main. We do a little bit of mainstream stuff at the top international level like Australia cricket. We'll do a score update or a post. But our philosophy is to tell local sports to the world. Yep. So if someone's doing fantastic work out there, I know that on November, I'm going to say 28th, the, let me get this right, the Perth, I'm going to get in trouble if I get this wrong. <laughs> I know the Wolverines take on, I'm going to say, Perth Broncos in the gridiron, and they're celebrating a multicultural and gay pride round. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people say, oh, but, the, you know, when are we going to have the straight guy round or whatever? You know?
0: Well, that's been silly.
1: <laughs> but... Again, it comes down to understanding the story of the person asked, or well, not even always asking to be recognised mm-hmm. publicly, but just wishing internally that someone would treat them as the same as anyone else. My story, long story short, I grew up in Melbourne, eldest of four kids, left home, joined the army, didn't necessarily fit the army, <laughs> got out, <laughs> got out came to Perth with a mate and I'm still here 35 years later. At the age of 33, I had a phone call. I'm married with kids. I received a phone call here at home asking me a few personal questions. And I said, "Uh, who is this? You know, a bit sus. Turns out it's my youngest older sister. And I'm not the oldest of four, but the middle of seven. And I've actually got Aboriginal blood on my mother's side, that was never spoken about. So that, I. That must have, have been interesting. Up, well, I've grown up in a racist Melbourne in the 70s. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: um, I've come to Perth, found out a different type of racism, basically lived as part of the mainstream community, learned I have a different identity to who I am. And now I'm working for an organisation that is multicultural for people with disabilities that can't get mainstream support. The amount of disadvantage that's out there has to be made equal, equal access to the sports. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about um, funding for grassroots sport and people's ability to get involved. Yep. The government and the major leagues need to actually look at where they're investing their money. If you want to grow a sport, you have to do it in the community because otherwise you're going to end up with no sport.
0: Yeah, and I think the biggest sports are really doing well there. I mean, I know cricket's made some great strides in that field, um, you know, in AFL, but they're they're the sports that have probably got the resourcing behind them. Um, It's when you get into the... I guess the, the less mainstream sports are the ones that don't have the resourcing and it makes it harder and harder. So working at a way where all of us, community, government, you name it, gets together and be, is able to provide that ability for everybody um, is our next challenge moving forward, no doubt, as our community gets more and more diverse every single day.
1: Well, it's, it's a question almost that translates to a national psyche question. Because I've had conversations, and I would challenge your listeners to think about this. We pride ourselves as a country on how well we do at Olympics and international competition. Yep. Instead of investing billions and millions, billions, and or a trillion here or there across the level, into that elite, once once every four years, Ego boosting competition. Put that money into grassroots.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: Um. To develop people for competition at an international level. That's not so expensive. That allows for the expenses to be shared across all the sports.
0: Yep. And and the benefits to the community are, are massive. I mean, we're we we're, we're facing more and more challenges every single day within the community, with um. Well, there's a range of topics we could go on and talk for for days, <laughs> yeah. but but essentially the the role that community and grassroots sport plays um, in the community and provides that outlet, that that sense of belonging, and everything the health, both physical and mental. Um, it's probably a cheap spend to be fair um, to to help the community. Um, it becomes a cheap spend, really. Yeah. Rather than the the, the 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 millions that you're talking about, it for a, a, a tiny tiny percentage, um, I think we're at a stage where we've got to probably be a little bit smarter. Now moving on, Noel. I mean, this is a fantastic chat, and we could go on for for days with this, mate. And I knew <laughs> yeah, this. I, I, know, I knew this got is the way.
1: More great guests lined up. Mate. I knew you've this got is got the way it was going to go. Guys. But I tell you what, we, what
0: I like to do uh, most weeks is uh, just have a little speed round with our our. Um,
1: our yes, guests. I'm familiar with the concept. We do it on our show. <laughs> all right. Okay, me... so
0: five five questions here, and you've just got to bang out an answer as quick as you can. So number one, most famous person you've met?
1: Gary Ablett, Jr. or, or Kevin Rudd. Take your pick. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, Depends
0: which way you want to go there. Um, what's your favorite sport?
1: To play, I was always good at hockey. I spent 25 years as a cricket umpire and 37 years as a football trainer. So I have to go with AFL.
0: AFL footy. Okay. What's your favorite sporting moment? And this will be interesting because you've got a varied um, history in in sports. I wonder what your favorite moment is. Uh,
1: That's a great question when I reflect on the many I have to choose from and I know it's a rapid-fire things. So, look, captaining a community cricket club, my cricket club, Middle Swan, who is WA's oldest continuous cricket club, Mm -hmm. in the third grade to a grand final, unfortunately, we lost. But captaining a team to a grand final was a highlight for me on a local level. And on the bigger stage, I'd have to say... I've actually shoulder-bumped Pav during a game accidentally as a trainer, <laughs> and I've also kicked the ball out in the pre-game warm-up and hit Gary Ablett Jr. Lace out. So oh, turn it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's... You know, but but can I just say, Aratzio, absolutely to everyone out there, I started at a community club and I just chose to get involved and I represented myself and my values well. Mm-hmm. That allowed me to then move from community to the next level, which was Waffle. Yep. And due to the good reputation I developed at a Waffle level, I was then recruited and worked for eight different AFL clubs when they played here in Perth. These moments are available to everyone. If you're a scorer in the grand final and your team wins and you're in the box as the siren goes, you are absolutely as much a part of the family as that group of players out there on that day. Definitely. So definitely get involved.
0: Yep. Amen. Amen. Thanks for and that.
1: Has, <laughs> that's... Is there a I think I've got one more coming.
0: Oh, you've got two more questions, actually. Um, okay. Number number four. This one's controversial, I think. Anyway, uh, the Hawks 2021. What's happening?
1: Uh, well, as you know, I'm a lifelong Hawthorne man. I uh, think that 2021 through all the banter I'm seeing in different group chats and very disappointingly, Isaac Smith heading off to bloody Geelong. I love you, Troy West. But (laughs) um, look, I think if we can finish in the top half of the bottom half, the top half of the bottom half. as 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 a Hawthorne supporter, you know, any supporter out there, your clubs go through good and bad. You have to go through it together. I maintain the long vision. I think Hawthorne will be back in Premiership contention within two to three years but I don't think it'll be 2021
0: <laughs> To be fair and I've always thought this with Hawthorne fans who might jump up and down a little bit when they're not going so great right now. Um, in my lifetime I there's no club that's had a greater ride than Hawthorne um, throughout the 80s um, you know the early 90s, and then you know the, in the 2000 well, this recent period really. There is no no club that's had as much success as Hawthorne. So I think as a Hawthorne supporter, you've had a pretty good ride over the journey.
1: Oh, look, I I grew up in Melbourne. My mother was the boss of the Collingwood cheer squad. I refused. I got dragged. So your mother through. was
0: a very smart woman then.
1: Well, <laughs> she, I, mate, she rest in peace. I love her very much. <laughs> and my sisters are Collingwood, so I've sort of bucked the trend there. But Hawthorne in the 70s and mid-70s, late-70s, when I was a teenager, were absolutely a powerhouse. And I was in the cheer squad back then, so having flashbacks to being in the Hawthorne cheer squad (laughs) as the 78 team ran out, you know, through the banner. People, just get out and enjoy yourselves. All right, next question. Last one, last last
0: one. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no?
1: Absolutely.
0: <laughs> okay, Noel, look, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show this morning. Thank you very much for giving out, giving us your time. And just a, a shout-out, everybody, get on board the Community Sports Show. It's on Facebook. Um, you might even see me every now and again doing a little bit of cricket commentary and, and some other things, but get on board the Community Sports Show. Thanks a lot, Noelsy. Hope you enjoyed it.
1: Thanks, Aratia, and if any of you listeners want to join us in the commentary box, they're more than welcome or on camera. We have spots for everyone. But till next time, I'll see you next Saturday when we're at the cricket.
0: No worries. Thank you, Nolsey. Cheers,
2: mate.
0: And that was Noel Nolsey-Johnson there. Now, we're going to go – I think this is a little bit – yeah, pun intended. Let's go with it. You're the voice, John Farnham.
2: For the community, Inspire Radio.